previously on the set of Herbie Fully Loaded. The gang... That's good. I figured I'd have to mix it up somehow. (laughs) Um, The gang interviews Terry, a despondent railway worker who is trying to eat his baked beans. They learn that prisoners, as well as some high-ranking VIPs, are arriving on today's train. This will be useful for this episode. <laughs> uh, I'm going to cut that. We're just gonna... <laughs> that was too, too much. Um, additionally, okay, no, I went through that. I went through that. Um, as the gang has now uh, absconded successfully with the train uniforms and cleverly or not so cleverly changed the name tags on those uniforms, all that's left to do is wait for the train to come into the station. Find out what happens next right now. Also, didn't uh, Kaizo Sose so, get legs um, from, like, a demon? Uh, yes. Uh, you also witnessed Kaizo's... Kaizo's... <laughs> damn it. No, that's Kaizo Jix. You witnessed... I, no, no, it's fine. It's, it's, it fits. How I remember um, what his name it fits is. just as well. Uh, you do it's witness... The wrong one. It's the wrong name. That's how I remember. <laughs> That's a good way, actually. (laughs) You do witness Kaizo communing with some sort of infernal entity who, in addition to giving him back his his legs, or at least the physical manifestations of his legs, uh, also appears to have mildly possessed Kaizo as his... uh, I almost said his legs, because his eyes begin to glow purple. Just a mild (laughs) possession. Just a medium possession. Just Uh, just like a a little little. bit. It's like a touch. It's not not a full-blown possession. You know, a a touch. For a few days, just in case. Just in case, yeah. Just cover your mouth when you sneeze so that the demons won't get out of you. Bring your full body sanitizer. (laughs) Uh, Your soul sanitizer, if you will. So... Where we pick up, uh, you guys are, I would say you're probably just on the train platform, unless you chose to don your uniform someplace else. I have a question, Henry. Uh-huh. Uh, so with uh, us, and I mean, by us, I mean Herman performing the best clown uh, routine that one could perform. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, do we level up? <laughs> Oh my god. No. That's an excellent question. Say, no, you lose two levels and you have. and die. You fucking die. You just die. (laughs) We get it, Bobby. It's always worst case scenario with you. Bobby's not the DM for a reason. (laughs) Um, Listen, can we reiterate who has guard uniforms and also. Let me just state the plan as I understand it. We're gonna sneak into this prison by being guards or prisoners or whatever on this train. And then we're gonna figure out what's going on there. And then we're gonna free everyone and take this train back. Right? Correct. Correct. So when we get to the prison, do we need to disable the train somehow so that it stays there until we can take it back? Oh, I mean, I guess we could try and find a train schedule to see like how long it's going to be there. If that's even a thing we need to do. That could be. Yeah. 
That's true. Treble, ru- <laughs> Treble runs back and knocks grabs, that conductor unconscious and steals his uniform. <laughs> no, he steals his uniform so he can be a conductor on the yeah, train. Yeah, because that's, that's how you, that's, you, you just well, who, wear the clothes, you con- can do the job. Mm-hmm. Dress for the job you want. Just dress for the job you want, and then you'll have the skills. Yeah, work for Michael J. Fox. <laughs> it could work for you. But no, to answer your question, yes, I believe we are all wearing guards' uniforms. Mine Great. name tag says Giles Wintergreen. Oh, that's Most right. Mine says right. blue on it. Fantastic. Okay, we're yes. all good. In Rex, Texas. Rex, Even though Texas. I'm not gonna, I wasn't gonna wear it, but I put my name on it. I put a name on it anyway. And then uh, Kitty had Rowena Roy Dark, I think. Fantastic. So, um, with a rough idea of how your plan is gonna go, um, yeah, are, is there any more planning you want to do? Because otherwise, I'll just do the train arriving at the station. No, if we do any more planning, it's, like, at this point, it's all going to get fucked up anyway. So this is the roughest state, but it's also the only state that anything's going to get done in. Fast and loose. That's how we live our lives. (laughs) One quarter mile at a time. (laughs) Yep. It's It's what Vin would have wanted. Okay. Well, with that, and with the... Um, ear, not ear curdling. What's the blood curdling? Ear splitting. There we go. With the ear splitting screech of a train whistle, um, you see the shining kind of dark steel colored engine come into, come into view from around the corner of one of the buildings. And it is a big ass train. Um, the engine by itself takes up something like two cars lengths of space, um, all dedicated to this massive contraption of like boilers and pistons and wheels. Um, like if Thomas the Tank Engine had a lot of gains and crippling depression, that's what this engine would look like. <laughs> so Thomas the Tank Engine on, on roids, basically? On roids, yeah. Uh, nice. Yeah. But not quite as demonic as that that game with the demonic Thomas the Tank Engine. Um, Thank you. Yes, I I was trying to remember that name. Yeah, not quite as as evil looking as Choo Choo Charles, but like yeah, not that much demon. Just a pinch of demon. Just a pinch of demon. It's the theme of the episode. Pinch of demons. Pinch of demon. A hint of hint of devilry. Um, behind it, it is pulling what would appear to be three normal-looking passenger cars. Um, beyond that are a pair of extra-large, uh, they look like boxcars, but they're about, like, if you can imagine that a single boxcar is, like, one story tall, both of these cars are two of those tall. So... It very a lot higher and then beyond that are a number of flatbeds on which you can see uh, types of siege equipment so cannons and catapults seem to be 
predominantly what's back there, along with some supplies on wooden pallets. I point at Herman and I kind of nudge him, nudge him, and I'm like, "Hey, looks like we found our way into the prison." And I'm just pointing at the cannon. <laughs> I'm in. Let's do it. Dear God. <laughs> I don't think that we gotta find out what's it. What if we hit good people with cannon? I mean, you remember the submarine? It wasn't wouldn't be the first time I got shot out of a cannon. Ah, <laughs> uh, I that see. Is, you mean to get shot sorry. out of the cannon, not to shoot the cannon at others? I understand. No, no, no. either way works for me. <laughs> oh, you were talking about shooting ourselves out of the cannon over the wall into are the we prison. Train That's not what you were describing. Of the cannons into the prison. Why don't we wait? We are taking why don't the we train. Wait till the train is in there, and then you can shoot the cannons at the other guards or other things. Once we're already in the prison. Oh, that's a really great idea. Trevor's like, oh, so in. That's the plan. That's it. We figured it out. You guys go free, everybody. I'm going to man the cannons. <laughs> just murking people. <laughs> so, um, on the subject of of that, um, where are you guys standing, first of all, on this train platform? Like, towards the front? Are you kind of waiting on the fringes of the platform? Are What's there the... any other guards waiting anywhere? Um, yeah, there are a couple. Uh, I want to one... be near those, so I look okay. like I belong. Okay. Um, one thing that, that you notice about this train, um, particularly on top of the two train cars that are extra tall, there is almost like a guard tower-like parapet on the top of each one, and you can see people moving up there. So sort of like guard duty um the other thing that you notice since this is quite a long train as trains go at the very far end uh beyond the flatbed cars with the cannons and catapults there are a number of other open-topped um train cars that appear to have some sort of uniformed person in it in them i should say and as the train comes to a halt, you hear, Regiment will debark! And uh, there's like a great clamoring as all of these doors suddenly open. And you see, uh, in sort of this long robed, like, or long purple robed, like, several hundred people with this garb on, debark from the train. Some of them start unloading the cannons and catapults off of onto ramps and then off of the train. And they, there's like this, right next to the train platform, there's almost like a parade ground of empty space, like for mustering troops and getting supplies sorted out, like a loading yard. And they all start forming up into companies. Um, and then you see, debarking along with them, uh, the Warforged that you threw off a roof and sl slash shot uh, debarks along with them and mar marches to the head of the co of this group of people along hey. with two other individuals with the little mantis patch. On hey, their I don't, I don't mean to salt your game or anything, but isn't it disembarks? 
Um, can, hold well, on. Well, you can disembark, <laughs> yourself, but you can embark onto the the platform. Yeah, but debark is what Henry's well, been saying. So debark does mean to leave a ship or an aircraft. So I guess technically okay. speaking, it doesn't imply to a, apply to a train. <laughs> Okay. Oh, wait, actually, to debark is to disembark, which is to get off an airplane. So or we ship just or have two fucking words for the same Welcome to fucking the English thing. Language. Okay, I know totally it's surprising because it's English. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was an English major. It, it's the stupidest language that there is. All right, continue. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. Um, okay, so is the Warforge headed our way then? No, he's headed off, kind of opposite in the opposite direction from you because if you're on the on the platform looking at the train he's like a hundred feet to your left okay, give or perfect. take um and as they're all getting unloaded you also see that several uh, at least one of the cars in the front of the train the sort of nicely made up passenger cars the doors to that start to open and you see several well-dressed individuals kind of get out and start to stretch their legs. Uh, among them, you do see um, a turtle who is helped to the platform by a incredibly fit-looking triton. Um, and you also see in like this immaculate tuxedo-like suit a hobgoblin with a top knot. Um, who kind of is scanning the platform and adopts kind of like the security person pose where they've got both the hands kind of clasped in front of them and like at their waistline. And we know that, that those, the, the Triton well. and the Tortle are the doctors of some sort. And the Hobgoblin is Seki. <laughs> yes. From oh, that's right, because we, we saw a manifest for who's on the, sh the yeah. train. Yes, and as a reminder for who you saw, because I forgot to post it in the in the chat, because I'm a fraud. Uh, Doctor Jameson Vaban is the Tortle Wizard slash Medical Doctor. Arkin Blacktide is a Triton Warlock. Seki is a Hobgoblin Fighter of sorts. Uh, there is a Dwargar Artificer on board named Hodsdrubble. A chaplain named Sir Harquin Grendelsbane, and a member of the Tears Mantis team, Lampire Skiara, a Warforged. And that was who was on the list of passengers. So, you have a reasonably good idea of who at least three of these people are now that you can see them. Yeah, I think. Uh... I think Red was on the right track to get near the other guards. Just kind of follow them onto the train. Yeah, I don't want to go anywhere near Lampire and his whole gr group, his crew of roving uh, skulls, skull yeah, symbols so to us that would mean certain death. Um, not, not a fan of death. No, don't want to do that. Would like to just... Follow some other guards onto the train. Yeah, how many guards are next to us? Uh, you've got three next to you right now. Uh, one of them was sort of like, 
he had that like that set of stairs that you sometimes see to get onto train cars because like there's a gap between the platform and the door. Yeah. He had been putting those at intervals along the platform, and the other two are carrying like wooden chests, and they they at least one of them ahead uh, that you can see has gotten onto one of these nice passenger cars. Where did they get the chests? Yeah, are those around? Can I pick one up and be like, I'm also carrying a chest onto this? <laughs> car. Uh, yes, you can. There are a number of them on the platform. Amazing! I pick one up and I yep. walk it in and do what they're doing. <laughs> I pick two up, one on each arm on my Great. shoulders. Okay. Herman saw the buff Triton, and now he's trying to show off, just in case the Triton. He looks over his shoulder to see if the Triton sees him carrying the two chests at once. Um, go ahead and roll performance. <laughs> 20, baby. Oh Natural God. 20. <laughs> What's your this Triton has to become your best friend you now. Performance. My performance? Plus one, so 21. No. I'm just spinning no, chests This Triton has to become wow. your, like, gym buddy now. Like, your best friends. <laughs> um, the Triton notices you, so he's successfully helped the turtle down onto the platform, and he's now, he's joined who you could assume to be Seki in kind of that security pose, but he notices what you're doing, and he gives you a firm and approving nod. I nod back. Nice. Let's do this thing. Um, Treble and Kitty, do you guys do any do any performative box lifting or, um, <laughs> or anything okay. of that nature? No, tre- tre- yeah, Treble pulls out the clipboard. Okay. I I do the same thing for Herman. I'm like, Herman, Herman, uh, bend with the knees, bud. Bend with that's the not, knees, not the back. Not. We don't need another L and I claim that's here. Not his, that's not his name. His name on his Rex, Texas. I, I mean, Rex. <laughs> Definitely uh, lift with your knees and up with your back, bud. Rex, oh. Texas says, told by Tommy Wiseau. That's, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hi, Rex. Anyway, um... Yeah. yeah. Also, I love the thought of performative box lifting as the name for this episode. Just throwing that out there now. <laughs> I also like, uh, what was it? A, a, a touch of demonic? <laughs> yeah. A also touch a of good demonic name. is pretty good. I, my thought for this one was Rangers on a Train, but Ooh. I feel like th- those are probably better. I was just going for a, a ripoff of a classic movie title. Yeah, that's good. But... Um, with that, uh, so you make your way into this train car and it is luxurious to say the least. Um, in one corner of the car, of the car that you happen to go in, the one with the open doors, there's actually a standing grand piano that someone's kind of crammed into the corner of this train car. Um, the floor is of this like crushed blue velvet. Um, kind of like a saloon, like an old-timey saloon. Um, and there are several well-cushioned leather chairs kind of sprinkled throughout. 
And in the corner, there is a uniformed human in a what looks to be a bartender garb who is tending bar in this compartment. Um, and following the guards, uh, you realize that the cases you're carrying contain alcohol of some sort because it, the guards go into the back kind of behind this bar and deposit the cases onto like a little shelf in the storeroom and you can hear like bottles clinking and stuff. Um, so assuming that you do that... Um, I do that. I do that. You for also sure. okay. So you do see something that you probably wouldn't would not have seen before, and that is a the Dwargar artificer is in this room, and interestingly enough, uh, he has these sort of metal prosthetics. Um, he also appears to be missing both of his legs below the knee, so he has these folding flexible metal prosthetics that he is, there, is walking around in. Is there like a demon out here doing <laughs> warlock packs that like specifically what it takes is your legs? It's just collecting legs? Maybe he's just really into shit. Um, if you would like to... Wait, I can actually roll for that? <laughs> well, you can roll religion to see if you remember there being such a deity. Okay. Any chance I could roll fucking anything, anything else? Because as, as a paladin and <laughs> anything not except the don't know anything about fucking religion. Got Listen, this right. I believe in you. I this is now the second paladin I'm playing. My other paladin also doesn't know anything about religion. Trust it's in a the charisma heart of the based. Dice. Oh boy, that was a nineteen minus See? one eighteen. I told you to trust never, in the heart of the dice. Yeah, never doubt yourself. <laughs> Um, you do remember that there is, in fact, a deity from the Pantheon of Ransheim. Um, the Marrow Eater, in fact, oh. is known to consume not just legs, but most limbs. And, and oh. that's the price that, uh, the price that you pay for getting boons from the marrow eater but that's a deity so that would be like a divine warlock pact thing not a demonic one well you know okay okay henry henry's sort of pantheon is working differently from traditional D. &D. i got you i understand most of my mo most of what i do works differently from traditional dnd &D. i got it yeah. i'm i'm following it's worked for us this far, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not against it. Okay, so Marrow Eater, great. Is Do I know anything else about um, what kind of magic this person would grant or what kind of boons or anything about the Marrow Eater's whole deal aside from swallowing limbs? Um... You, I mean, you're not super familiar with the Pantheon just because it is part of a different country yeah. or from a different country. You know enough that, like, on the fringes of the forest that you grew up in, there would be some, for lack of a better word, cultists that would worship the Marrow Eater. Uh-huh. But beyond that... Um, and they were just doing their own fucked up shit. Nothing particularly magical 
that I would think um, of. The only thing that you could really think of is they're really big into astral projection. Cool. Okay. Great. I'll just tuck that away. Yeah. As much as anyone can be really into astral projection. Right. You can be. Into it. Yeah. Yeah, if you ever go on a first date and they're like, I'm really into astral projection, just leave. <laughs> just leave. Just be like, I don't... That's that's too much for me. <laughs> it's not really my thing. Right, I'm going to go to the bathroom and you just climb out the window. <laughs> that does sound like a very George Constanza... Con, ugh, Constanza. Fuck. No, I was right the first time. George Constanza thing to do. Costanza. That's, you're adding you're adding an egg. Whatever. <laughs> uh, the ma- anyway, continue. I, you're right. I am adding an N. Um, it the marrow eater's full name, in, incidentally, is Pulscarin, the marrow eater. Nice. It's a good name. I had to go back and dig out my my chart of uh, of the pantheon to be to be sure. So. Um, you know that Pulskarin also kind of floats on the edge between being divine and being a demon, and it has to do with, like, it goes back to, like, the dawn of time for this, for this country, basically, and kind of the mythology that developed from his complicated but completely reasonable relationship with, uh, the god Rons. Mm. Who definitely isn't an allegory for Jesus. <laughs> oh, okay. Got it, got it, got it. Important, good. All right. I can't share that information right now with the party because I I don't know how to do that without <laughs> giving everything away because I am being a guard right now and I'm being a guard so good. Yep. Right. But I'll tuck that away. Um, you all would also notice that this Dwergar artificer, um, in addition to obviously having the metal prosthesis, he also has, a, like, and it looks like it's even grafted into his face, um, like this metal ring around his brow that goes all the way to his ear line, and welded onto that is like a set of jewel, uh, jeweler's goggles, like the the things that you would need for like doing really fine detail work in metalworking or in like making a machine or something like that but it's like welded to his head okay So, I mute myself and get distracted. Loki has the zoomies right now, so I'm trying not to catch all that extra noise. So, are the guards going to sit down somewhere, or are they, like, just hanging out in the bar? So, uh, two of them, uh, after depositing their boxes, they actually leave, and the last one to leave says, "Um, Are you guys good to stay in this car? Yes, sir. Yeah, man. Whatever you what, whatever seems good. It's all good. Yeah, we'll, we'll protect the booze. <laughs> yeah, the guard chuckles and is like, <laughs> "Be very careful." 
And he says this with, like, very hushed tones. Don't let... And he gestures with his head over at the Dwergar. Don't let him near the booze. And with that, all of the guards, like, immediately leave. They close the door, and then they exit through, like, a, a different door in the compartment, presumably to go to a different car. Interesting. So... Okay. I think we just got stuck with the like bad job. Apparently. We just got stuck with the job that the other guards all didn't want to do. Yeah. So that's fun. Yay. <laughs> right. And now we sit here and wait. Yep, pretty much. Now, as you're waiting, are you going to like do a rest are you just waiting for the train to start what's the are you trying to do something to make it look like you're busy to not arouse suspicion what's the what's the play yes i'm still acting so good and (laughs) just you know wiping a counter with a cloth or something the way that you Mm do when you are pretending pretending to be busy as a bartender for some reason we're guards at a bar right now. I don't know where any prisoners are. We just transported some booze. I don't really understand <laughs> what we're guarding exactly, but like, I'm looking busy is what I'm saying. I just pick a random door and stand in front of it with my arms crossed. Oh, that's good. I'll do, oh. I'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> do you stand in front of the same door so you're like standing in front of one another? That would also be funny. Um, <laughs> no, I'm standing, standing in front of, front of, of a du- different door, <laughs> but I am um, facing towards Herman. <laughs> so here's a question: um, Do any of you investigate the liquid that yes, you brought in? Definitely, I'll look at it. Would anyone see me doing that? You know what? Yeah, let the stealthy person do that. Trouble okay. already stole a bottle of it. Did you drink no. it? Uh, no. I would no. I wouldn't let him. I'd slap it out of his hand if he would have tried. <laughs> We're guards. <laughs> he clearly considered it, though. He thought about it. And Kitty had, like, two claws out ready to just, like, just to sit. Go ahead and roll investigation. 19 plus 9, 28. Actually, actually, I take that back. Go ahead and roll medicine. That was a natural 20, though. Uh, It's a 22. Woohoo! So, in the case that you brought in, there is a charcoal-colored kind of black, dark gray liquid that is bubbling, and there's, like, an acidic hiss inside of it. And if you were to, like, put the bottle up to your ear... It would almost sound like somebody yelling in pain. Oh, dang. Is emanating from that liquid. Fine. Do they not have cells for prisoners? Are they keeping all the prisoners just in bottles? Or it might just be... Because that would be fucked up. It might be something the artificer (laughs) uses. Because he's in here. There's a genie in there. Just rub it. See what happens. No. No. 
worst way to find out <laughs> if there's a genie in there. Uh, can I do an arcana check? That's the I only have, way to find out if I there's a genie in there. I have one. Yeah, you can do that. Uh, 13 plus 6, 19. 19, okay. 19. Um, how about I phrase this? In your, in your experience as a reporter, um, on the Bastalone beat, as it were, <laughs> you have a, there have been a couple of news stories that you haven't necessarily written, but you would have knowledge of where um, people were finding, like, basically the corrupted leftovers of people who failed at various kinds of magical acts, uh, among them being un being unable to return to your body while astral projecting and then kind of disintegrating because of the barriers that the abbey has oh thrown up. my god um oh my god so you you aren't you aren't for sure that this is what that is, but it does match all of the descriptions. Henry, of... that's some fucking cool, really good, really dark lore. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. Thank you that's really good. for that, because I'm you. horrified, and it's excellent. Well, if you thought that was good. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well actually so that's where it gets it gets worse in a way because if you were i won't make you roll for this but in every case there's probably about between 30 to 40 bottles oh God. and from where you're standing there's about 20 boxes wow and do they oh, all damn. seem to holy lot, shit at least in this car um it's probably about half and half some of them are doing are having the hissing and some of them they aren't hissing at all but you can actually see the bottles moving in the case and like bucking against the sides of the case okay oh, dang. i think this is a very loud train car with all these hissing and shaking bottles <laughs> Luckily, there's the sound of the train to mask the screams. <laughs> is, is the bottle that Treble stole, is that hissing and screaming as well? Um, yes, but it appears to be a little bit... Well, I don't know that you would know this, but it's a little bit more subdued than the one that Kitty had. Or the one that Kitty investigated, I should say. Can I look at the bottle and see if there's like anything written on it or anything like that? Uh, yes, you can. One second. He has to. He has to come up with what's written on it. Yeah, he's writing it right no, now. No, I just didn't think that this would be a, a subject touched on today, so I had to go and dig deep into my myriad number of google doc sheets to find the thing that i'm looking for what languages do you speak trouble i speak 
Common and Sylvan. Okay. So, um, go ahead and make an Arcana check. Okay. That's a 12. Okay. Um, you have an idea that it could be... So basically, the, carved into the bottle are a series of runes, um, which you have not seen before. Um, you have an inkling that it's probably an exotic language, but you would not know which one. Can I make a second roll and show it to base and have him roll Arcana to see if he can read it? <laughs> Translator cat. To Your cat you. can't read. Show it to the journalist. I mean, Your cat can't read. I do speak. No, I'm showing it to my cat. Languages plus thieves can't, but that's fine. Common Elvish. No, but also, just for the record, whether he shows it to Kitty or base, he's still showing it to the cat. Hey now. That's true. Show it to that's, the cat that can read. That's profiling. <laughs> show it to the cat that can read. No, I'm gonna show it. I'm gonna show it to base. Can base read this? Okay. Henry, don't let um, base roll. Base can't read. <laughs> I have had to look up a cat stat the block. Cat Wait, is base a cat or a familiar? Familiar. Base is an yeah. base is a cat. Yeah, there's no way base can read. But base is also a cat of unknown origins because he is smarter than most house cats, like than all house cats. That's true. Okay. Um, I think I, what status are Kana? Of course. Well, I thought it was intelligence, no, but I've been wrong before. Means, so you are going to be rolling with a. You're gonna be rolling with a with a disadvantage if you want to roll with it. Okay. Like, cause it, not a not disadvantage. It's a negative modifier, so you're okay. gonna have to work with that. But if you want to do right. it, I'll let you. Hot <laughs> dice, hot dice, hot dice. <laughs> Does an eight do it? <laughs> um, Will that solve the riddle? <laughs> uh, if a cat rolling an eight doesn't solve it, I don't know what will. <laughs> We've tried nothing, and we're all out of ideas. I really want um, a nat twenty, and then just base just knows how to read and speak all of a sudden. <laughs> base has achieved sentience. Um, their self awareness, not sentience. Uh, no, an eight does not get it get it done for you. Okay. Um, base Trouble, like smells it and it. then like hits it with his paw. And... No base, no base, and Treble puts it back in his bag. Oh, that's a good question, actually. What? How do, are you concealing the <laughs> yeah. fact that you have a cat at all? Uh, the cat's concealing itself. <laughs> now explain no. to me, just so that I have it, how the cat is concealing itself. Being no. sneaky. <laughs> it's it's more like the cat is just. I mean, he knows how to make himself scarce. And but he also knows to hang around me, and so like, I I'm standing pretty close to Herman. So if anybody has any issues with me, they can take it up with Herman. Okay. I'm just picturing base okay. in a tiny little uh, uniform, and it would be yes, horrible. yes. We got him. We I, managed I to get him a little suit and a little hat. Cat outfits. <laughs> 
it's amazing that you're able to find that because yeah. I don't remember putting it in there. Either. <laughs> he, he ripped no. it off the um, dead bodies of no, my I'm... fruit friends. Okay. No, Bass oh. has double stealth because of his little sticky boots. That's not how those oh, boots. Yeah. Yeah. Those the boots. boots just let him like crawl on walls. <laughs> But maybe that's what he's doing. He's crawling on walls while the rest of you are putting the bottles away. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, okay. So with your ploy to have the cat read the inscription on the <laughs> bottles having not succeeded, what would you like to do next? I don't understand why our plans don't work out all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we're going to just kind of hang out until the train gets moving and then just kind of look like guards as best as we can. Okay. Sounds good. Um, luckily, you... Oh, I should ask. Do any of you take the time to look out the windows of yeah, the train? Like standing there looking around. While you're there. Yeah, we're just standing around. We're going to definitely see windows, people passing through, whatever. Okay. Um, let's say... Kitty, go ahead and roll Glad. perception. Nineteen plus eight, baby, twenty-seven. This is a good dice to me today. Okay. Um, in looking out the window, it appears that there are perhaps some storm clouds on the horizon. Uh-oh. Um. <laughs> because that's not foreshadowing at all. Uh, <laughs> but um, you also notice that the group of the purple-robed soldiers that debarked slash disembarked from the train, um, they are now gone. And you can see like a little trail of dust kind of going through the town as this this group leaves. Um, finally, though, you hear that high-pitched, uh, ear-shattering whistle, and you hear the, the atypical, even the welcomely stereotypical sound of, all aboard, which is kind of an odd thing to say if it's a prison train, but, you know, that's neither here nor there, really. Cold have start. So, with that, and with the grinding, <laughs> the grinding of wheels, uh, the train slowly starts to move forward. Um, before this happens, uh, the Tortle, Triton, and Hobgoblin make their way back into the car that you are in, and take a seat at three uh, leather armchairs uh, in the corner. Um, they are opposite. They're probably they're separated by about ten feet from the Dwargar artificer, who is busily engrossed in some sort of mechanical device that he has disassembled on the table in front of him. When I see the Triton enter the room, I nod at him again. He gives you a firm nod, and you see the hints of a smile on the corners of his mouth. Um, Gives you even a firm and polite nod. And and then you hear him say, as he's about to sit down, well, glad to see that we're in good hands. 
Nice. So, so yay. Um, so, this train ride is going to take a bit. And periodically, so let's say that half an hour passes and you guys are kind of just in your same spots or thereabouts. Um, periodically, other guards will come and enter the train car that you're in. And it becomes uh, apparent to you after a while that some of these guards are actually making the rounds and walking to every train car on the train currently. Mm. Should so. we be doing that? Does that thing seem like a thing we're supposed to be doing? Yeah. Trouble's going to take the initiative and say, uh, why don't you all stay here and uh, or we could all go and do our rounds. What, what, what do you think? Are you talking to us or the other guards? Uh, to you. Uh, I mean, those other guards seem like they're walking around a bunch. We should probably do whatever the other guards are doing. So that's, that's but also, rounds. one of the guys was like, we're in good hands. Like, don't let that guy get these things. Yeah. Well, that's true. So, okay, some people go do rounds and some people stay here. All right, Herm Herman and I will go do rounds. I mean, Rex and I will go do rounds. <laughs> and Trouble's never going to get that right. Um, so he opens the door that they're standing next to and slides it open and proceeds forward. Okay. Okay. Um, there's one of those, like, like you would have on a on a bendy bus like those oh, how do i even describe them it's like a bellows but it connects like a train car to another train car like a, i don't know how to describe that yeah it's a little um, bendy section sure. yeah a little bit a little bendy section we'll just call it that and i'll, I'll try to stop <laughs> butchering my words um there's a little bendy section separating each of these passenger cars and then there's a larger and more reinforced version of that for each of the double-decker train cars. Um, but as you make your way into the first car, the, the, or I guess the second car, since you were just in the first car, um, you observe a, a dwarf in a black, uh, like a priestly robe with a white collar. And he is vigorously engaged in conversation to this elegantly dressed wood elf with like this splendid mustache and a little monocle who is trying desperately to read his newspaper but it would appear is not able to because of this uh priest is um, the priest like being like obnoxious um in the same way what was that? Is he just being chatty? Just being chatty. Okay. Yeah. Just being like how some travelers they they pass the time on their flights by telling you all about their their kid and how good they are at soccer practice. It's that level of enthusiasm. Got it. Or Ugh. you know how good their kid did at jump camp. Uh, <laughs> cool jump camp. Jump Throwback. camp. Yeah. Oh, I remember jump the good camp. old days with jump camp. <laughs> Great callback. Oh, member berries. Who wants them? <laughs> I remember. I remember. 
Now I'm just picturing someone sitting on the train showing pictures to somebody else and look at how big my, high, high my kid jumped in this one and then look at how high <laughs> they jumped in this one. <laughs> Perfect. When they, when they started jump camp, they could only jump two inches off the ground, but when they finished jump camp, you better believe they made it up to three inches. <laughs> <laughs> That's efficiency you can't buy. Um, so you make your way through this car. Uh, it's, it's laid out in the same way as the one you were just in. Uh, there's a couple guards in there, but they appear to be vigorously engaged in, respectively, a crossword puzzle, and uh, one person is playing Jenga by themselves, which is kind of weird. Um, yeah, there's not really a good explanation <laughs> for that, especially on a train, which just seems like a recipe for, for, dis- for, dis- for a disaster. Um, making your way through that car... Assuming that you don't do anything in here, of course. I turn to trouble and I'm like, it looks like the rest of these guards are just dicking around, so I don't think we really have to worry about looking too guardly. <laughs> uh, agreed. Um, uh, the next car that you go into appears to be almost completely empty, and this one actually has like a galley slash kitchen situation going on. So you see as you enter the car that about half of it is dedicated to a flat top grill and like just a, a chef's prep station and it's clearly like the kitchen slash dining compartment but right now nobody's in there um except for uh, a cook who is busily chopping potatoes um a middle-aged satyr in fact i'm gonna ask the satyr for snacks like, hey man, this guard duty stuff really works up an appetite. You got any any snacks out of here? Snacks. Um, and with that gibberish, he hands you a bag of potatoes. Nice. Love potatoes. <laughs> when when he is he wearing a short or a long sleeve shirt? Is he like wearing like a chef's coat? He he does in fact have a chef's coat. Okay, can I see any, like, when he hands Herman stuff or when he grabs something, can I, he's a satyr, so can I see if I see any, like, symbols of the Cloven Hoof Coalition on him? Um, you can roll perception. Also, did he just hand me a snack and it's just a (laughs) bag of potatoes? They they say raw potatoes. Indeed. So maybe he's coming on That's amazing. It's not my uh, fault if you couldn't understand his genuine frontier gibberish. <laughs> no. Uh, uh, it was a 13. So a 13. Um, he does have some tattoos. He's a chef after <laughs> all. But nothing that you can see that would clearly point to him being... I Chefs the bear. are no. famously tattooed. This is true. Always tattooed. It is known. Um... Now then, uh, assuming that you, now that you've gotten your snack of two to three pounds of gold <laughs> potatoes, uh, three you move. Three pounds of potatoes <laughs> for a snack. <laughs> hey, they're, they're, they're generous with the potatoes on this train. What can yeah. I say? Portion sizes on this train are just off the charts. Yeah. Oh. Um, so, moving to the... And now you're getting to the point where 
Excuse me. You would actually be entering these extra tall cars. Um, and there's something very almost organic about the material that these cars are made of. Um, so they're, they're larger, as I've already mentioned. Um, it also looks almost like the doors separating the car that you're in, the dining car, from the car that you're going to, they almost form like a hermetic or like an airlock sort of thing, because there's two of them. Hmm. Um, so you observe that, first of all. I'm going to have both of you roll nature. That's a nine. Okay. Uh, that's an 18. Okay. Um, with your nine, you're able to deduce that whatever you're going into, it's not made of wood or metal. And with your 18, you're able to deduce that the entire train car is made from the shell or possibly even the skin of a dragon or dragon turtle. Oh shit. Oh shit, okay. Uh, so, Her Herman, best not to uh, mess around in here. I don't know what's what's going forward. I mean Tex, Tex, uh, definitely don't know what's going on. Uh, yeah, let's let's go to the next one then. Let's keep keep it on. As you're about to enter, you hear and treble uh, make a dexterity save. Uh, oh, I can I can do that. Uh, that's gonna be a. 16, or, uh, excuse me, a 22. Okay. You turn around at the precise moment that a second bag of potatoes <laughs> is thrown through the air at you. And the satyr mimes eating the potatoes at you and then goes back to prepping. <laughs> while the, Eat while your fucking potatoes, up, buddy. Eat them. <laughs> I'm gonna grab a potato and take a bite out of it. <laughs> okay. You feel a burst of energy that could only be caused by attempting to digest uncooked potatoes. No, uh, no, I've got, I've got nothing. Um, okay. Uh, do you nothing enter the happens? Next car? You just eat some raw potato, and it's great. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll enter the next car. Okay. Um, as you enter, uh, you first of all notice that there are guards flanking the doorway of this car on the inside. And both of them have... They don't have it on, but on their jackets and their backs, they have, like, a breathing apparatus equipped. Um... And in entering this particular car, above you, to your sides, arranged in what look to be almost racks, um, but they're actually cages that have been stacked um, 
and they look very organic. Um, almost like it's a cage made out of a tree that was grown to be a cage. Cool. Um, unfortunately, inside each of these cages are a myriad of humans, dwarves, elves, halflings, a couple of tritons, a couple of minotaurs. Um, are there any satyrs? There are a couple of satyrs as well. Are but what other... worth, oh. worth noting about this as well, all of them are unconscious. Mm. And they appear to be kind of strapped to the back of each of these cages. So like restraints within restraints sort of thing. Well, this what were you going to say? Oh, that that answered my question mm. already. You, you, you did good. Uh, well, in order to not raise suspicion, uh, Trouble's going to encourage Herman to continue forward. Like, we, sh- we should keep going. As much as Trouble wants to help these people, there's a, a bigger plan at play here. So he's going to uh, usher Herman and Base forward and continue moving. As at an attempt to look casual, Herman's also going to take a bite of the potato and just nod at one of the guards as we pass them. <laughs> the guard nods, but also gives you a quizzical look. Um, that checks out. <laughs> just two but, normal yeah. guys eating potatoes. No big, nothing <laughs> to see here. Can you believe that they are forcing us to eat simply potatoes? It's ridiculous. This is why a couple years ago I proposed that, that we form a union and that we... It's a little, it's a little on the nose, I think. Soviet Russia, <laughs> they only give you raw potatoes to eat. <laughs> Back in your country, you were given and potatoes as pay and you were glad for right, it. Right in the skin. Not even wash. <laughs> Where did you I even find that gif? <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, for our listeners out there, uh, Bobby sent to the group chat a gif of somebody licking a potato, and it's unsettling. Yeah, yeah the, the listeners should know that Bobby is constantly, while we're recording, putting just sort of relevant or or vaguely related gifs highly into our Discord memes. chat. Highly topical <laughs> memes. Highly topical. You're missing out. Just so you know, putting that out there. Yeah, do do recruit Bobby onto your D and D team. And then uh, Nate posted the same GIF and then saw that and then deleted his GIF. <laughs> That's pretty great. I did not notice that. That was good. Now, um, at, as you proceed uh, into the next car. Um, unfortunately, at least, well, both of you see some familiar faces. Uh-oh. Um, Uh-oh. similarly, there are a couple of guards with the breathing material attached. Um, or the breathing apparatus attached, not the material. Um, this car is a little bit different, though. There is one wall that appears to be all, like, traditional jail cells, not 
the this sort of organic cage material. There is also a gigantic tank of an opaque, almost very pale pink liquid, um, which you can occasionally see something moving in. Um, but you're not really, it's not really clear what that is. Um, however, if you were to look into the cells, uh, you would see the following people. Um, first off, uh, Treble, you see your old associate, the bar owner of the Night Owl. Oh, fuck. In one cell. Next to him, you see the disheveled and pretty emaciated form of Harold Grendelsbane. Oh, double fuck. <laughs> Um, both of you would recognize the next person who chained to the wall of one of these cells and in addition to looking emaciated also looks like pretty beat up um, like he got worked over really good um, the chapter father of the abbey from the night that you raided the abbey in Bastalone, New Bastalone. Okay, upon seeing this, Treble's gonna immediately look around and try and find. <laughs> I know, um, I, what you kept Ernest saying, there's a guy Ernest that you both recognize. I was like, if, if we have to fucking save Ernest again, god damn it. I know. I've. I was also waiting for Ernest to no, pop up. No, not Ernest. Ernest is not present here. Um, additionally, you you both would not necessarily recognize these people, but this is what they look like. One of them looks like they might have at one point been. They, in a profession that involves a lot of writing, maybe a lot of editing, maybe somebody that, I don't know, edits for a newspaper, um, somebody who looks an awful lot like that is also in one of these cells. Interesting. Um, which would be, in fact, the, the editor for Kitty's newspaper. A bunch of people um, to jail. Additionally, uh, and Red would know this, but... I uh, knew that you were gonna... I... It, I bet I know who it is. <laughs> it's Sir Gerald. No. Oh, that would be great. Yeah, guys, I fucked up. I done fucked up. I did too much drugs. I did too many mushrooms. <laughs> he he keeps saying he's, he's somebody named Al Pacino, but we don't believe him. He keeps asking, what's his name? <laughs> what's my name? Don Pacino. It's a whole new game. God damn it. Um, okay. <laughs> you guys are like, I'm like, I'm like nervous about my backstory character right now. Well, actually, you make a, yeah, you, sh you should be at least a little bit nervous. Um, there are two more people in cells. One of them um, has like a carpenter's apron on. Oh my God. Um, and there also appears to be a blue-haired person 
No, uh, that's who I knew would be here. Similar, similarly restrained and unconscious. Oh, um, <laughs> in this car. Let's keep moving. <laughs> oh boy! Nobody, nobody Herman cares about. So let's keep rolling. Um, um, now, unfortunately, those are not the only occupants of this car. Um, in the previous car, you you knew that there's like a second story with like a little walkway above you, which also had cages. This is just like kind of an open. There's not a walkway above. It's just a very high vaulted ceiling car. And crawling along like little pipes in the ceiling, um, go ahead and roll nature, both of you, again. Uh, I got 13 that time. I got a 16. 16, okay. Um, they appear to be, uh, small, uh, gray, demonic-looking monkeys that are crawling around on the floor, on the ceiling, on the walls, and in place of regular eyes, they've just got what look like two burning coals where their eyes would be. Goddamn, who's demon monkeys? <laughs> Which you would recognize as Sioux monsters. And what do these Sioux monsters think of us being in this car? Um, at the moment, nothing. Because you uh, you look... You appear to be guards. And like you belong here. Okay. How many Sioux monkeys are there? How many Sioux monkeys? Uh, you see a total of 12. <laughs> <laughs> 12 is a lot of monkeys but they are small yeah <laughs> um, finally and this would be the last thing you see uh, there is a f a wooden table and chair at the far end of the car and seated uh, at that table would appear to be like Maybe the captain of the guard. It's a little bit hard to tell. Uh, it's a another person in a priest robe. Uh, this time, uh, a, a, a fellow Goliath, in fact. Oh, shit. Who's got this priest robe on. And he has, uh, next to him on the table, he has a hat. And it's like one of those pilgrim hats. Um, sort of like a cowboy hat, but like the... The, the part that covers your head is, like, a lot taller. I don't... There's probably a better way to describe it, but I think of it as the pilgrim hat. The stereotypical pilgrim hat. Um, which has been reinforced with what looks like metal plating. Interesting. And you would recognize this as one of the Abbey's battle priests, who they usually send to motivate or demotivate, as the case calls for it. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Dialem for Magic. Our cast, as always, was Jordan Fugit as Treble, Dan Robland as Red, Nathan Pierce as Herman Cranberry, Bobby K. Kuffner as Kitty, and the DM was me, Henry Robland. 
As always, we're grateful for our listeners, and we thank you for joining us on the journey so far, and for the many, many journeys still to come. If you'd like to listen to upcoming episodes early, as well as get some fun bonus content, be sure to find us on Patreon. 